Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. And we're back. Welcome to episode 210. We are covering the songs I Almost Do and The Last Time. That's right. Today we have a fearless feature that we are going to give a trigger warning for. So trigger warning um, discussion about suicide. Skip forward if you would like to go ahead to the portion where we talk about the songs. Uh, Today's fearless feature is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the United States. Um, And it's a suicide prevention network of over 160 crisis centers that provides 24-7 service via a toll-free hotline with the phone number 1-800-273-8255. So that is available to anyone to call 24 hours a day. And the languages for that hotline are English and Spanish. So... If you want to learn more about um, suicidal crisis or like supporting people in emotional distress, distress, you can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Um, and then if you want to write down that number for someone you love or for yourself, that phone number is 1-800-273-8255. And if you just Google suicide prevention, it will come up. Anything you got to say? All right, let's get on into the songs then. So starting off, we are talking about I Almost Do. Morgan, what are your first, or what were your first impressions on this song? I mean, I'll, I'll be real honest. I loved this song before I loved All Too Well. Oh, really? Yeah, for some reason, and I hate to admit this, because I really do hate to admit this. Now. Oh, wait, I want to say I'm glad you're being real honest, not just a little honest. <laughs> I know there are different there's a sliding scale here okay I think I had made this clear I was um had just moved down to Virginia to work on the Obama campaign and um this I was driving a car for the first time in like eight years because I just moved out of New York City so this was the CD that I was listening to in in this car and I bought this album and I was in a very like happy spot in my relationship life and so i would i would listen to one two three four and then i would skip five which is all too well Mm -hmm. (laughs) listen to six and then it would always segue into seven and seven was just which was i almost do it was it was just a sweet song like to me it was it was easier to listen to than all too well at that time and so i liked this song before i liked all too well because mm, it was too heavy for you to be able to listen to and appreciate at that point. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the hidden message in All Too Well, or sorry, <laughs> in I Almost Do is wrote this instead of calling. Yeah. So the general message of it is the conflict about wanting to get back together with someone or wanting to talk with someone that you've broken up with. And refraining from doing that even though you miss the person taylor commented on the song saying i almost do is a song i wrote about the conflict you feel when you want to take someone back 
and you want to give it another try, but you know you can't. And you can't because you know it's hurt you so deeply that you know you couldn't bear to go through that again. So you're sitting there and wondering where they are and hope that they think about you. And that you're almost picking up the phone to make a phone call. I read that wrong. But you just can't. I think I needed to write this song in order to not call that person actually. I think that writing the song was what I did instead of picking up the phone. That was the hidden message. Mm. It's a that's a really good coping mechanism. (laughs) Just write music instead. The same relationship she wrote this song about left her so emotional that she suffered six months of writing block. Oh, wow. Prior to being able to write red. Interesting. I didn't know this. Where did you pull this? This is weird. Genius. genius. She mentioned in USA Today, there's a kind of bad that gets, there's a kind of bad that gets so overpowering you can't even write about it. When you feel pain that is so far past dysfunctional that leaves you with so many emotions that you can't filter them down to simple emotions to write about. That's when you know you really need to get out. That was the moment she knew. Yeah. Wow. That's, whew. That relationship was rough. Well, this is obviously about Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm Mm-hmm. But it really puts it in perspective that she had writer's block. I can't even imagine her having writer's block. Yeah, like being able to not just journal and write down random stuff during the day. Well, what did you think about the re-record? I think it sounds exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I didn't notice any differences on it. I mean, except for the like the usual difference and just that her voice was a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still love the song as much as I did back then. Okay. I thought the same thing. I didn't think it sounded different so it starts with i bet this time of night you're still up i bet you're tired from a long hard week i bet you're sitting in the chair by the window looking out at the city and i bet sometimes you wonder about me and i i think that all of this is very relatable i think everyone has like or not i don't want to like make this overarching assumption (laughs) so not everyone but it is relatable in the sense that when you when you get out of a relationship and you're so used to spending most of your waking moments with that person or talking to that person or thinking about that person that when it's over, you realize this empty space in your, in your life, this void that that person's no longer in and you're, you spend your, you, you instead think about what they must be doing because you've been next to them so many times previously when this exact moment was happening that you can picture what they're doing Mm -hmm. at that moment even to the down to the chair that they're sitting by right yeah i like the construction of i bet before each of those sentences yeah well especially because it takes because then it switches at the end so and i bet sometimes you wonder about me and i just want to tell you it takes everything in me not to call you And I wish I could run to you, and I hope you know that every time I don't, I almost do. I almost do. So this is kind of like her way of putting up an away message, like with one of those, like, (laughs) lyrics that is like, I'm going to put everything I need to say in this song, and I that way I'm secondarily 
telling you this because I know that I we can't be talking right now. Yeah, it's like subtweeting. Yes. <laughs> That's, I guess, the, the more up-to-date <laughs> reference. Well, it's like, I wish I could tell you that I miss you, but I freaking can't open that door anymore. Right. Yeah. And so instead, um, I'm just going to write this message because I hope you know. I still think about you. Yep. And I bet you think about That's me. not what we're discussing right now, Aaron. I almost Let's do. Let's stay on track, please. I almost do. I bet you think I either moved on or hate you. Because each time you reach out, there's no reply. I bet it never, ever occurred to you that I can't say hello to you and risk another goodbye. I think that's my favorite line. It never ever occurred to you that I can't say hello to you and risk another goodbye. Uh, it's my favorite line too. Yay! <laughs> Similarities! <laughs> Woo, we're getting closer together on that. I also like, I think, you think I either moved on or hate you because it's like, that is probably what the person is assuming is those one of those two options like oh yeah they're probably like out with someone, someone else. else yeah or or they hate me that much mhm but the person still does care but you can't reply because you just know at that point like it's too toxic and this is the relationship that was on again off again so you know what i keep thinking about is whenever i hear this song in the car and then i always forget about it Maybe we should do this after this episode or after we finish recording this episode. I really want to know if in the All Too Well short film, mm-hmm. there's like a a quick uh, shot of this chair by the window. Oh. Hmm. I would like to see that. Yeah, let's watch it and see if we find the chair. Yeah. Also, because I just haven't had a good cry today. Oh. <laughs> you want to cry together? <laughs> do you cry every day? You said that like this is a daily occurrence. It was Do you mo- cry every day? No, but that was, so that was more of a like that was more tongue there's, in cheek. Look, there's no judgment if you cry every single day. No, I I probably you I probably very cry. in touch with your emotions. I am. But I, I'm I don't like to cry around people. So I probably I probably cry, but I'd say that I, it's most likely it's most of my crying is triggered by some sort of medium. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a song, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen you cry. Have you seen me cry? Yes. Huh. I don't remember. You saw that. me cry yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What was yesterday? Oh, we recorded episodes. Oh, <laughs> uh, remember that now. That was um, Ronan. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, but takes- I mean, you can't watch that short film and not cry. All too well. The all too well short film? So that's what I was... I think I can. Okay, well, we'll see about that. Okay. I mean, every time I don't, I almost do. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Just waiting for it. Okay. Well, it takes everything in me not to call you. And I wish that I could run to you. And I hope you know that every time I don't, I almost do. Yeah. I almost do. And honestly, like, the lyrics are pretty simple. There's nothing like crazy happening it's just capturing that sentiment of exactly exactly like it's it's another nail on the head of like pinpointing this emotion that most people have felt and have no didn't realize that it was like this emotion that could have a whole song written about it yeah which is why i'm saying what great coping exactly (laughs) like i wish i could 
write out an amazing song every time I was upset. So we made quite a mess, babe. It's probably better off this way. And I confess, babe. In my dreams, you're touching my face. And asking me if I want to try again with you. And I almost do. Yeah, so I assume this is like that last section of cutoff in that relationship where she's like, we are never, ever getting back together. Yeah. Do you think it's before or after we are never getting back together? I think it's after. Yeah, me too. A couple months down the road. Even though on the album it's not. It's right before. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> no, I'm just... Come on now. Um, In my dreams, you're touching my face Everyone is, I can't say everyone. Good Lord, we keep doing this. I know. But it keep generalizing. Like, it seems like we've all had this experience where you're dreaming about an ex and then you wake up and you're like, mm, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Whoops. Um, we made quite a mess, babe, is also just a good line. It is. It's also like a use, the use of, um, I wish I could run. So run is another title from the vault song and babe is another vault song. oh nice i didn't think of that um so she goes through the course again but then she ends with the switch of and i hope sometimes you wonder about me on that course there that's what i mean by it switches from i bet throughout the song until i hope until the very end okay yeah we are at the end wow What's your rating on the album? This might be a very short episode. <laughs> I seem to have not paired the threes with the best, but that's fine. The threes? Like that triple like song episode? Triplets, yeah. Oh, okay. Is there a third song in this? No, there's not, but that's what I'm saying is I that... Think there was. Okay. Anyway, my rating of the song on the album was eight. Okay. My rating of... This song on the album was 14. Jesus. And 120 on my overall. 48 on my overall. Yeah. I guess it just doesn't doesn't hit you like it does me. I think it's... It I almost think, does. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did at different points in my life. Okay. Like when I was experiencing that. But when I'm ranking songs on the overall album, I think I'm thinking about just my love for the songs in general. Well, yeah. Like there's like, you know, like Holy Ground and State of Grace. We are never, ever getting back together. 22. Like some of these songs are ranked higher than I almost do. Not because I almost do isn't a good song, but because like I just have a stronger connection with those songs. Like yeah. my love for them is stronger. I don't well, know. That's how I am about this song, too. My love for this song is stronger than say 22 which was ranked 22 yeah but i feel like sometimes you can rank songs we've talked about this based on like objectively which is a better song right for me it just you can't i can't do that so i ultimately come back to just where my heart is me too because i would say that probably arguably 22 is a better song than this song but i still hold that this i still hold this song in higher regard than 22 Okay, well, do you have any last thoughts? You want to move on? Yes, we can move on to the next song, which I don't like. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this either. So it's that's... called, this is the last time. 
Mm-hmm. And this song ties into the theme of what we what can happen throughout a relationship similar to one in songs like I Almost Do and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. The relationship has been very on and off. And as in We Are Never Getting Back Together says it in a funny mocking way, this song sincerely and rawly states this is the last time. Swift has finally had enough of this relationship, the uncertainty and the hurt. The hidden message on this track in the album, Swift wrote, L.A. on break. So the song is about L.A. too, which we talked about in the last episode. Yes, we did, but I don't think it says L.A. in the song. No, but it's significant that that's the location, right? So what was your original connection to this song? Um. Okay, so Gary Lightbody, um, Snow Patrol. Yeah, I think that Taylor always wanted to write a song with him or collab on a song with him because of um, his high regard on Grey's Anatomy. And Grey's Anatomy was like one of her favorite uh, TV shows at this time. I mean, she even named her first cat Meredith after Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) And so like there's um, Chasing Cars was such a pivotal song in that show that I think she um, equated his well, Gary Lightbody's songs as Snow Patrol or Snow Patrol songs and then by way of Gary Lightbody as as songs that could could create such an emotive response that she wanted to involve include him on this Red Album. Yeah, I liked Snow Patrol and I remember being really excited that she was writing with him. Me too. And then I just feel kind of... I think mm. that she tried... Or they tried too hard to make it sound too similar to a Snow Patrol song. And I think that Taylor's music is, I mean, the best Taylor songs are her her true songs, like the songs that sound like her. Mm-hmm. And if she had if she had focused more on as as opposed to catering to his production and his style, brought him into hers it probably would have been a bit more successful right which is more what she did with folklore and evermore right with like bon Iver, yeah like it was she she had the confidence to invite him in as opposed to here i think she and i'm just saying this as my opinion because i have no fucking way how they recorded idea how they recorded this song but what i can imagine is that he was the like star at this point he was the one that like everyone knew Snow Patrol and like thought of them as like somewhat of a cool indie band, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so she was like trying to impress him as opposed to um, letting her genius run the show. Yeah, I think their voices pair pretty well together in quite a few of the songs where Taylor is paired with a male singer. I think the voices sound good together, but I am not often a huge fan of the collab songs, at least with male voices, nothing new was phenomenal. <laughs> oh, yeah, for Amazing. sure. And I also think what's um, interesting, this is one of those songs where she lets him lead mm-hmm. and she's kind of the secondary, mm-hmm. which I also think rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Taylor should always be first. Of course. Oh, well, on her own albums, of course. Yeah. He's the one that opens it and he says, find myself at your door, just like all those times before. I'm not sure how I got there. All roads, they lead me here. Which is something that she said before. All roads lead back to you. Once again, driving, roads, travel. 
So the guy is showing up at her door, basically. I imagine you are home in your room all alone and you open your eyes into mine and everything feels better. So, okay. Interesting that we just did I Almost Do. Then it seems like, you know, here's the guy's perspective. Yeah. On the same scene. On the exact same scene. He's sitting at home and he's like, I imagine you are home. Well, I guess he he shows up at her door at the first part. And then imagines that she's sitting at home thinking of him. Mm -hmm. Which she was, and I almost do. Hopefully she's not right now, but... Hopefully she's out having a great time and does (laughs) not need that. (laughs) Um, And right before... It's hard to not be like, and right before before your eyes, I'm breaking... There we go. That was beautiful. Um, Okay, so we sang that for you. You're welcome. No past, (laughs) no reasons why. Just you and me. So this is like, this is fantastical. You're imagining we don't have to work out any of our problems. Exactly. We don't need to understand the reasons why we didn't work. Yeah. Don't have to look back on our past. We can just start anew. Mm -hmm. And maybe just be physical. Yes. Um, and then there's the, I do really like that part. And then it's, this is the last time I'm asking you this, put my name at the top of your list. This is the last time I'm asking you why you break my heart in the blink of an eye. So what do you mean? What do you think she means by put my name at the top of your list? Prioritize me. Okay. I was thinking like his list of girls or something. Uh, hmm. Maybe I think it's just like I was never a priority. Mm-hmm, I was never number one for you. It does still. It does still suck that you'd have to ask them to remember me by putting my name on a list, even if it's at the top. You still have to remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> to sad. do. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It's it's metaphorical. There we go. This is the last time I'm asking you why. You break my heart in the blink of an eye. I, I. <laughs> you find yourself at my door. So here we have Taylor entering. Tay Tay talking. And this is her perspective. You find my, yourself at my door just like all those times before you wear your best apology. That's my favorite line. Mm hmm. But um, I was there to watch you leave. Yep. And all the times I let you in just for you to go again, disappear when you come back. Everything is better. Is it disappear and then when you come back, everything is better? Or as soon as he's back, he disappears again? I don't know. I was just thinking that through as you were reading it. And I think it's when you come back, you disappear again. Okay. Disappear when you come back. Like it's, well, it's like from, it's good for a day. We're good for a day. And then. Yeah. But I can see it the other way too. Disappear. When you come back, everything is better. Huh. I don't know. It's one of your favorite things, though, isn't it? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> How is this different than, than French liaison? Then, you know, like one sentence ending into the next. Yeah. It just seems like confusing construction as opposed to like intention. Deliberate? Yeah. Okay. Everything is better. And right before your eyes, I'm aching. 
run fast, nowhere to hide, just you and me. Nowhere to hide. That's weird, right? Yeah. I guess we just don't listen to the song lo- enough to like pick up on these nuances, these nuanced verses. Uh-huh. And now that we're reading it, we're like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe there's more to dive into here than we give it credit for. Nowhere to hide, run fast, nowhere to hide. I mean, yeah. Are they running together? Or like, I'm aching, run fast, nowhere to hide. Like, as much as I try to get away, I can't. I always find, you always find me. Mm. Nowhere to hide from each other? Like, if they're avoiding each other? I don't know. It's a little confusing. Okay, so just you and me. This is the last time I'm asking you this. We've got, we go through that again. This is the last time you tell me I've got it wrong. This is a back and forth. Yeah, so this is the guy, right? This is the last time you tell me I've got it wrong. That's Taylor. Yeah. And this is the last, and then he says, this is the last time I say it's been you all along. Mm -hmm. This is the last time I let you in my door. This is the last time I won't hurt you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of promises. And then a lot of, and a lot of acknowledging acknowledgements that they're not going to, that they are going to break these promises. Yeah. It seems like the last hookup, honestly, the last time seems like the last bone. (laughs) Okay. Then, (laughs) It seems like they know it's not going to work out. Yeah. Because they're not going to talk through their problems. There's no, no reasons why. No past. to hide. Yeah. But they're aching. Yep. And I think they're just going to hash it out one more time. And then they go back done. and forth with, last time I'm asking you, last time I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah. Does that part get um, frustrating to you? I'm going to be real honest. I skip this song most times. Yeah. Same. Okay. So how would you rate it? Well, you go first. Um, in the album, it's number 23. Mm, what's your overall? 150. So this is number 24 on the album for me, and it's number 152. Oh, right around the same. All right. So are you ready to move on into Tell Me Why? Which um, we have nothing for. <laughs> We don't have theories. We don't have any theories. I mean, I'm sure there's so many TikTok theories out there. I just don't have patience. I feel like I've scoured the internet very well. Here's the thing, y'all. We need you to send us theories. I'm trying to stockpile them and keep them for these episodes, but I run out. And then yesterday, I spent like an hour scouring TikTok, and I, I didn't find anything new. Nothing new, you could say. So, instead of reading a theory today, I think Morgan is going to read something from the Lover Journal. Yes, it's um, it's from the second edition Lover Journal, and it's about um, the re-record of, um, or not re-record, about nothing new from the Vault song of um, that we talked about earlier in this season. So it's dated March 2nd, 2012, and so she's 22 years old, and she's in Perth, Australia. And the first page, she talks about how beautiful Australia is, but I'm going to skip that part. Okay. (laughs) And she says, I've been thinking a lot about getting older and relevancy 
and how all my heroes have all ended up alone. I wrote a song on the plane ride from Sydney to Perth on the Appalachian dual Simer, dimer. I'm assuming this is an instrument of some sort. <laughs> I bought the, I bought, I bought it. It's so hard to read it or write. So right. I'm just going to explain for Morgan. I'm sure you all know this as well. I feel like I bought it the day of my flight. So she bought this instrument that I can't pronounce the day of her flight. Sure. We're following. I bought it because Joni played on most of her blue record. Uh-huh. Which means you were right. I taught myself to play, quote, A Case of You, which is one of the Joni songs. Anyway, I wrote a song, on, and it is called Nothing New. And it's about being scared of aging and things changing and losing what you have. It says, quote, I'm getting older and less sure of what you like about me anyway, end quote. And in the chorus, it says, how can a person know everything at 18 and nothing at 22? And will you still want me when I'm nothing new? It's a really vulnerable song, but I think it's important to say. Love, Taylor. Hmm. So she actually did write it for The Vault 10 years ago before she released what, it. What do you mean she actually did? Did you think this was like a conspiracy theory? I just sometimes I'm like, I mean, maybe she wrote... Like, she had an idea of one, and then her, like, current day, her current day brain finished, filled in the blanks or something. I feel like she's always writing, and there's just so much music that we haven't heard. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Like I told you, there's supposed to be, like, tons and tons, like, over 150 for 1989 or something. And then we've talked about the Karma album theory, where people think there's an entire deleted album which would make sense. Maybe that's part of the 150 yeah. Vault yeah. songs. Yeah. I think there's a whole album there. All right. Well, thank you very much. Now it is time for... <laughs> oh, my God. Real host here. Thank you very much. Moving on. Now it is time for TaylorTrivia.com. So I had the pleasure of reading... Um, the limited edition original red version like album book that came with red and cause, uh, cause, cause Aaron had it. Ernie P over here had that for you. <laughs> and I read it last night and there were some interesting facts in it. So I just wanted to quiz Aaron on a few. So how old mm-hmm. was Taylor when she signed with big machine records? Ooh, I stunned her. 14. 15. 15. I was thinking 14 or 15. Ah! Okay. She was 15. Just to clarify. 15, yes. I immediately forgot. (laughs) How many instruments does Taylor play? Oh, Lord, probably probably a heap of them. Can you name three? Um, guitar. Banjo. That random Australian <laughs> <laughs> instrument that you just read I about. I mean, correct. So the ones listed here. Ukulele. Yes, correct. So she, I think this is cheating a little bit because she says six string guitar, 12 string guitar, electric guitar, piano, banjo. Oh, piano. What yeah. The f- and ukulele. And okay. I'm sure she has more in her Wait, repertoire. Wait, let's really count them. I know six string and 12 string are different to play, though. 
Oh, okay. They are. There's more strings. Well, I mean, okay. I got that. But let's just say, <laughs> let's just say, um, you're looking around at the guitars in the room. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if one's a 12. It looks like both of them are six. Yeah, I mean, you don't usually see people playing a 12 string. Okay. Most guitars are six. Okay, so guitar, banjo, ukulele, piano. Yes. That's all I'm willing to give her. And maybe that Australian instrument, which is something <laughs> string related, right? That Joni Mitchell played. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see here. What are Taylor's, or at this time, what were Taylor's favorite TV shows? Um, oh, Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. I gave you that one earlier in this episode. Yeah. Mm, would New Girl have been on at the time? No. Okay. Um, CSI? Yep. Okay. Two more. Oh, two more. Um, can you give me hints? Are they crime related? One of them is. So what, are, what is what of her other cats named after? Um, I'm like... There's Meredith. Oh, Olivia. So SVU. Yep. And then one more, which is not crime related. Bingy, it's, but... Um, it's a comedy that everyone loves. Oh, The Office. No. Friends. Friends. Frick. Um, what was her... Wait, wait, wait. I need to repeat them to actually memorize them. <laughs> I mean... So they she were, probably has different favorite songs than she did in 2012. Well, yeah, but I need to memorize Taylor Swift trivia specifically related to 2012 if I want to be like dropping the Swiftie I want to be. Yes, you, my um, Wonderstruck perfume <laughs> sample is still in that booklet. Okay, so she likes Grey's Anatomy, CSI, SVU, and Friends. Yes. Got it. What character, what was her character's name in Valentine's Day? Oh, shit, I don't know. Felicity. Didn't we all just watch that once and that was enough? Yeah. Okay. Felicity. How, what are her two? I feel like that's been in our trivia book before though. No, it was that, what movies was she in? So the Lorax was one of them. Yeah, but do you know what her character's name in the Lorax was? Audrey? Yes. Well, because we did it in the trivia book. (laughs) (laughs) I obviously did not memorize that one. And can you name her two favorite flowers? Girl, no. Orchids and hydrangeas. And last but not least, how would she describe her favorite style? Um, twee. What is that a style? Yeah, it's like this style of what she wears in the red album. She says, like sort of like French with like tights and like pleated skirts and like collared shirts, sunglasses. She says vintage, classic. Feminine. Classic feminine. Okay, well, maybe the term hadn't come out yet, but... Well, yeah, because I hadn't heard it. Vintage, classic, feminine. I'm, like, casting a spell with my hands as I'm repeating it. Vintage, classic, feminine. And that is the end of Taylor's Trivia. (gasps) Morgan, you sang it! (laughs) I didn't mention this earlier, but when I did the singing part, she was rolling her eyes. Normally, she scoffs audibly. (laughs) Audible scoff into the microphone. I participated. Okay, well, I'm going to plug us up then. You ready to get plugged? We'll write your name. 
<laughs> You're making me so happy. Our bio whiskey on ice is linked in the episode description. And it's also on our website. That's exciting. You can rate and review us on any of the apps that you use to get your podcast, but we prefer you do it on Apple. And if we get over 75, Morgan's going to sing us a song. And um, you can follow us on social media or email us. We're basically Swifterhood Podcast on social media. And our email is swifterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.